Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. It's the new year, so you know what that means. New trends. So what is trending in herbs and botanicals, and what are some of the key factors influencing the market? Here to share the latest is VitaQuest Lauren Samet, Commercial Innovation Leader, and John Weisscale, Senior VP of Market Development. Hello to you both, and welcome to the NutraCast. Thanks so much Hi. for having us. Hi, Danielle. Hi, thank you guys for joining me here on the NutraCast. Lauren, let's kick things off with you. What is trending in herbs and botanicals? Thanks so much. I'm excited to talk about this. The herbs and botanicals that continue to really trend are the ones that consumers are very familiar with already. They've been familiar with them for some time. Your ashwagandha, curcumin, elderberry, ginger, greens, mushrooms. These ingredients will always be mainstays in formulations just because of how versatile they are. What we are seeing now is a a wide range of applications and combinations of these ingredients. And data even suggests that a combination of botanicals in a unique formulation is more in demand than just your standalone herbs and botanicals. And this is really what helps keep products new and fresh again in the herbs and botanicals category. And it's worth noting that you know, 10 years ago, the conversation was really around bioavailability and absorption. The focus has truly shifted to how can I improve my health today? How can I plant seeds for a healthier routine? What's just one thing I can add to my supplement regimen that'll improve my quality of life? And market research supports this. It shows that branded ingredients, those that are proprietary and have some sort of patent, continue to trend upward because consumers like transparency and they equate trademarked ingredients with better quality. In general, there's also more mainstream acceptance of these herbs and botanicals because you see them everywhere, and especially in mass market retail. What's old uh, is new again. You know, anything like Lauren said, ashwagandha, turmeric, mushroom, if it's beneficial for everyone and has more of a panacea and it's well tolerated, those are the products that continue to make themselves always available and they become, you know, around the dinner table conversation. I was at Thanksgiving many years ago and my aunt, may, may she rest in peace, asked me what Ginkgo Balboa was. And, <laughs> you know, I told her I told her it was a prize fighting herb for brain health. See, see how I did that prize fighting. But, you know, <laughs> the reality is these are different ingredients that you hear over and over again because they are well tolerated and they have a lot of buzz in the industry. You know, one of the things that you see trending right now are whole food greens and, you know, eating a wide variety of plants. It's incredibly important for your microbiome. And for those who don't know the microbiome, it's a collection of all microbes such as bacteria or fungi or viruses and, and their genes that live in our bodies and inside us. So, and they're so small, you, you can't even see them, obviously. Uh, you know, it contributes to big ways for human health and wellness. The greens support that. And obviously, there's a huge drive in the market for advertising all these types of greens products, which then, you know, make the consumer much more aware of how important it is to have that for daily health and wellness. So that's a big trend. John, you mentioned the gut microbiome, and I'm just wondering, you know, what are you hearing from consumers? How educated are they on that topic? It's interesting. Most aren't educated about the concept of microbiome, but they know that gut health and wellness is important. So it's, you know, if you ask the average person what the microbiome is, they have no idea. 
You know, they think it's some sort of sci-fi you know, pod that you live in on space. I have no <laughs> idea. But the reality is what it does for the body and the products that you take to help make a healthy microbiome is what's driving the market. So greens and probiotics and fiber and all the things that are basically going to make you feel better, you know, those are all microbiome related. And that's where you're seeing a lot of the activity. Yeah, yeah. So we've seen probiotics. People are familiar with them, but now there's prebiotics or symbiotics. And I think people, I don't know, are, are they feeling overwhelmed with all the gut health stuff or do they have a decent grasp on it? I, I think at the end of the day, what drives the industry is what the consumer takes away that's going to be beneficial for themselves on a on a, on a real day-to-day basis, right? So you're probably looking at things of, you know, am I digesting correctly, right? Do, does my stomach feel good? Do I feel bloated? Am I feeling energetic? Um, and whatever is going to drive those benefits is what the consumer is going to be interested in taking. So it's really the messaging more than anything else that's going to drive this. And if that messaging is coming from, let's say, you know, a, a greens product, you know, that's what's going to, you know, trend, you know, in the industry. If it's a specific probiotic, then talking about how it's going to help you have more energy or feel better. That's what's going to drive the business. So I think okay. it's really more benefit driven. That makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so another major ingredient that we've seen lately is mushrooms. <clears throat> what are some of the reasons it's become so popular lately? That's a great question. We have been seeing it pretty much everywhere. Um, mushrooms, as we know, they've been part of the human diet for hundreds, thousands of years. And with a more supplemental and therapeutic approach, consumers have regular access and intake without any of the taste or texture versions they may have had throughout their life. They're very versatile and can be consumed, you know, in a variety of different formats and flavored very easily. There's also actual clinical data to support their benefits, and the data is readily available. And it really shows that there is bioactivity of polysaccharides more specifically your beta-glucans. And, you know, they're rich sources of micronutrients, your B vitamins, your minerals. They support overall gut health, the immune system, and they really provide a way for end users to wake up and optimize their health and be proactive about their health very easily. Don't want to discount the fact that mushrooms contain the prebiotic fibers and these this prebiotic action enhances the growth of good bacteria and helps balance that gut microbiome. Uh, it's directly related, you know, when someone's run down, they have stomach upset and you can see it in their bowel movements. They they don't feel right. So again, benefit driven. That's why mushrooms, you know, become such an interesting area because it's not your standard, just take fiber or just take a probiotic. And, you know, it's an actual food that they're, you know, seeing direct benefits to that helps the stomach. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many different varieties. Are there any that stand out to you or to consumers, I should ask? Yeah, we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing lion's mane, we're seeing shaga mushrooms, we're seeing blends of mushrooms, we're seeing, you know, quite a bit. Okay. And so vitamins and minerals, we all know, you know, they're nothing new, but is there any room for innovation? Well, listen, you know, vitamins and minerals, they look, they aren't sexy, they don't cost a lot, and they've really become more of a bell and whistle now in products, whereas... I'm going to date myself. You know, I've been in the industry for 30 years and, you know, 30 years ago, a vitamin and mineral was really the core product, almost like a hub and spoke. That was the product that you took every day. And then you had all these benefit driven products surrounding your 
your vitamins and minerals. So today, it really has become more of a bell and whistle. So you see it in greens and, and protein shakes. And even from a formulation standpoint, because they don't really cost a lot, it's one of those things where, well, maybe we should put that in and get your vitamins into this product. It's, it's what we say to a lot of our clients, which is, look, if they're not buying vitamins and minerals from you, they're buying it. They're just buying it somewhere else. <laughs> so as far as the innovation part, I would say it's how it's delivered. And Lauren, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, and I think what John was alluding to is a really important point. The market on vitamins and minerals is really slow and steady, but brands can avoid that sort of pill fatigue that their consumers see by delivering it in, you know, effervescence and chews and stick packs. And that way you're really giving the consumer an experience. You're giving them a flavor system. You're giving them something to look forward to. And there's better adherence because they actually enjoy taking their supplement. And, you know, there's some brand loyalty there. So there is some innovation as far as label claims and the vitamin and mineral complex. You can set your supplement facts apart. You can also, like John said, you can have your tried and true multivitamin uh, mineral complex, and then you can add an ingredient that could support a structure function claim. And that way the consumer trusts, okay, I'm getting, I'm bridging some of these nutrient gaps, but at the same time, I'm getting something else that might be good for my health. And in general, market data has shown that in some channels, vitamin sales have definitely declined. There's no doubt about it. But in e-commerce and practitioner platforms, we're still seeing it as a really big category and still seeing, you know, pretty steady growth. And it's not only what is composed in your complex, but how you're selling it. Like, as is true with most markets, you have a good marketing strategy, you appeal to a certain life stage, or you even have something as interesting as sustainable packaging. I mean, that's really a demand that we're seeing a lot. So it's not only what is composed in your complex, but how you're selling it. Yeah. And so you mentioned minerals. Looking at them, I mean, which one would you say is leading the way? So... As we know, the purpose of taking a supplement in the first place, you're you're bridging a nutrient gap, and it's really estimated that at least 50% of the U.S. population is not meeting their requirements for magnesium. And that's in the U.S. and around the world. We know that, you know, foods aren't as nutrient dense as they used to be. Our diets overall are not as as healthful and as nutritionally impactful as they should be. Um, So and magnesium affects so many aspects of our health from mood to sleep to cardiovascular health. And that's why we're seeing that although minerals in general are very sluggish, magnesium is actually growing. The demand has actually grown and there's data to support this. And the brands can really focus on education around some of the deficiencies if they want to move their mineral, if they want to move their magnesium products sort of into a good space. And, you know, like I said before, a delivery system can really get them excited about minerals again. And most importantly, there are new advanced forms of magnesium that go beyond your classic oxide and carbonate deliveries, and they're more easily tolerated. So all around, it's a very exciting mineral. I would think when it comes to minerals, it's interesting because if you look at the population, we've been educated for so many, for decades on how important calcium is, and especially for women. And calcium is important for building strong bones. And, you know, if you're concerned about, um, you know, your bones are getting brittle as you get older, you know, calcium, calcium, calcium. What the message that was lost, because a lot of it was probably driven, you know, certainly by the dairy industry, and, and it is important. But what was lost in all this is having a balanced, people talk about balanced diet. Well, what about your balanced nutrients? And 
when you formulate a multi, typically you're looking at a two to one ratio, calcium and magnesium. And the reason why is because they both compete for absorption. So now you put that together and you've had decades of educating people on how important calcium is. All of a sudden, you're not getting enough magnesium because everyone's so focused on calcium. So, you know, you're, you're looking at real-time benefits. You know, when Lauren speaks about how magnesium is so important, it's important for restless legs. Magnesium is important for sleep. It's definitely a, a critical component for heart function. And what, what's old is new again, but magnesium is incredibly important. And it's getting some real-time benefits in the market. Mm-hmm. It's definitely made a comeback, I would say, in recent years with the focus on sleep, especially. Sleep is an incredibly important benefit-driven area for for supplementation, and magnesium definitely is an important component to that. Mm-hmm. And so I know people are moving away from this one-size-fits-all approach. Where are we at with personalized vitamins? So personalized vitamins, they may allow consumers to target those gaps more closely than the nutrient gaps that we talked about previously, because that's really the purpose of your supplement. However, at the end of the day, consumers are looking for brands they can trust and where they feel results, whether it's in a personalized format, mailed directly to them or on the shelf. Even if the product is not personalized from a quiz, they're shopping for supplements that are personal to them, that contain things that are personal to them, that contains branding that is pers- that is personal to them. For example, um, things that come to mind are third-party certification, GMP, NSF, USP certification, very important to many consumers. Kosher and halal certifications based on dietary restrictions, um, you know, non-GMO, clean label project verified, organic certifications. So their f- consumers, whether they're purchasing personalized vitamins or not, they'll find a way to find products that fit into their lifestyle that are personalized to their needs. So when I first got into this industry, as we talked about, multivitamins were typically the core formula that everyone takes. And personalized vitamins are definitely a great marketing-driven concept for the consumer. If a consumer gets personalized profiles, they're certainly going to have more value as a consumer into what they receive. It's definitely a market differentiator. So I think it's important in that it generates consumer interest. Um, it's interesting. We, we Years ago, we used to do surveys that would customize a formula, but you'd start to find out that even with a fairly basic survey, you would start grouping most of the people into 80% of the same category what to take. So I think there definitely is an evolving approach to personalized vitamins. And as it continues to evolve, it'll definitely build more value. Yeah, it's certainly a space that I'm keeping my eye on, especially as it becomes more accessible to consumers. So looking at some sports nutrition ingredients, what are some top trending ingredients in that area? When it comes to sports nutrition, I think really what we're talking about is we've had years of interesting ingredients and products that are based for sports nutrients. And now what we're seeing is the advent of active lifestyle nutrition. And as I like to say, active lifestyle nutrition is basically sports nutrition without a sport. You know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the average person is getting up and they might go to the gym, they might go for a walk, they might do something active because that's what they've been you know, educated on, and and obviously all the benefits of exercise can't be understated. But when it comes to active lifestyle, again, sports nutrition without a sport, electrolytes have been a tremendous area of growth. I believe what they said is the industry has grown 20% last year alone in electrolyte products. And 
you know, they do a whole host of benefits. I mean, yes, it's important to hydrate. Hydrating is probably the single most important aspect of any kind of activity outside of maybe stretching. And to do that, you know, electrolytes have this component of A, you're flavoring your your beverage, it makes it more more exciting to have and more of an incentive to regularly cue that habit of hydrating, whereas if it was plain water, you might not. And, you know, electrolytes basically getting you, you know, proper amount of sodium and various minerals that are important into the body. So the other area I would say for sports nutrition, becoming more of an active nutrition lifestyle is creatine. And, you know, we had a long talk about this. I, I hate to be speculative, but you know, a lot of people say, well, I haven't seen a huge trend in creatine. But what I'm hearing more at the consumer level is that creatine is good for all kinds of anti-aging benefits. And it is a sports nutrition ingredient. Obviously, it helps for muscle building, but there's also anti-aging benefits and people feel it. And if you could feel a product in less than 30 days, basically the time that you bought the product and the time you decide whether you're going to buy it again, that's really the litmus test for a long-term product benefit. And so I think creatine, where people can feel it working over the course of a month, is one of those things that's going to trend upwards. Also, plant protein is incredibly important when it comes to sports nutrition because people are looking for alternatives to whey and to animal proteins. And pea protein and rice, pea and rice make up a complete amino acid profile. And as uh, having a complete protein that's not animal-based is definitely attractive. They're trending towards a vegetarian or less animal consumption lifestyle. So the biggest hurdle has always been taste. For example, when plant proteins first got in the market, they didn't do that well because when you compare it to whey protein, it just taste-wise, it's not even close. And you can be very motivated, but I would say a week into a plant protein product, at some point, you're just going to give up and go back to the whey protein because taste drives so much of the consumer decisions. You know, example, in-house, we have incredibly talented people these days that can take plant protein products and make them taste fantastic. You cannot underestimate the importance of taste in sports nutrition. You brought up so many good points. I'm glad that you mentioned this sort of shift from sports nutrition to active nutrition. We've got a summit coming up next month in San Diego, and it was called the Sports Nutrition Summit. We've actually changed it to the Sports and Active Nutrition Summit because so many people are kind of positioning themselves or relating better with this sort of active nutrition lifestyle. Yeah, it, it, to talk more about that active, active nutrition lifestyle, and maybe I can speak more to this due to my evidently advanced age in this industry. I'm in my 50s now. <laughs> so, you know, when I was in my 30s, I would be training and I'd, so what are you training for, John? Oh, I'm training for a 5K. And then I'd start to start lift and work on a lot of uh, weight training. What are you training for? Oh, I'm training for a tough mutter. You know, it's 12, 13 miles with a lot of obstacles. And now that I'm in my, you know, 50s, people say, what are you training for? And I'm like, I'm training for my 60s. You know, at, at the end of the day, <laughs> you're just trying to be fit and make yourself handle life. I mean, at the end, you, you, you want to feel good, you want to look good, you want to feel good, and you want to have enough energy, and you want to feel that you're as active and alert and feeling well about yourself in your 50s as you do in your 30s or your 40s or your 20s. Maybe not your 20s. 20s is a rough, rough decade, but uh, <laughs> definitely your 50s. 
Yeah, and creatine fits right into that. Like you mentioned, it was sort of a sports nutrition ingredient. These days, it's sort of a healthy aging ingredient. It, it has so many benefits, and we are starting to see a lot more consumers uh, notice that. I do find a trend that's directly relative to the exercise industry, you know, the fitness industry, which is, you know, weight training years ago, if you talk to most women about weight training, they'd say, oh, I don't want to lift heavy weights because it's going to make me look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is a bit of a stretch. And But now the conventional wisdom is, wow, you know, lifting weights, whether it's heavy or light, whatever it is, it's going to be so important for lean body mass. And with that also comes into things like creatine, which is creatine also helps you with muscle building and, and weightlifting and getting more reps and feeling more supportive when you go to the gym. And so now it's one of those universal ingredients that people are taking because they're going to the gym. It's universal because they heard it's good for you know, brain health and, and various areas of anti-aging. Mm-hmm. It helps you look good and it helps you feel good. And speaking of looks, we got to talk about beauty from within. What are we seeing from that category? Beauty routines have become a less is more approach, and the focus has really been on health and the quality of your skin and looking glowy and natural and youthful and fortified instead of just taking on any kind of serums and spending a lot of money on anything you could find. Um, And much of the influence on beauty from within products is seen through social media influencers, especially, you know, for millennials and Gen Z. And with this turn towards health, this turn towards more natural ingredients, some trending ingredients that we've really seen are the ones where consumers see a tangible benefit, a sensorial benefit, and they see it sooner rather than later. A lot of times the clinical data shows they're seeing it within 30 to 60 days of starting it. And MSM or methane, that's one of those ingredients. It's been around a long time, but it's tried and true. And there's visible improvement in the appearance of skin. It helps build collagen and keratin. It supplies the skin with moisture. I mean, you know, the list really goes on. And it's backed by clinical data. And consumers are becoming more and more savvy. And they are looking for actual studies to back things up. And so the studies are showing it helps with the improvement with pigmentation, fine lines, hydration, elasticity. Collagen, very similarly. I mean, we see that all over social media, all over, you know, with influencers, but it really does degrade with age and there are environmental factors also. And it really does show a clinical benefit in a short, shorter period of time. Phytosaramides also trending in this category, helping to just fortify that skin barrier. It's all about moisture, keeping it hydrated, keeping the water content there protecting it from environmental stress, whether you work in the suburbs or the city where there's pollutants all around us um, and really trying to help protect it from what's around. And then in general, in this category, data shows that combination formulas do really well. You want to target hair, skin and nails or skin and hair. You want to target those things as a multi-prong approach. So in combination with your topical regimen or your topical protocol, supplements can really work synergistically to achieve your your goal of looking better and feeling better. When it comes to beauty from within, I like to think of it as anti-aging products that are short-term. And what I mean by that is anti-aging is basically a long-term way for your body to, to basically be its best. When it comes to beauty from within, it's really a more of a short-term promise. And what I mean by that is not that it's a short-term product. It's that you're going to see real-time benefits within, let's say, 30 days or 60 days. 
comment to what Lauren said. If you can see a benefit from a product on your face or near the glow of your skin in 30 days and you start to see a difference and maybe it's part of a program where someone's hydrating more and and getting enough sleep and this is a part of the program at the end of that 30 days you're going to have a committed customer and i know that probably could be said about a lot of products but i think when it comes to beauty from within anything that you can tangibly see when you look in the mirror is going to drive sales yeah, I have to agree. I've been taking collagen and HA since I was in my 20s. And although I, I was taking it for, you know, my joints and things like that, I've definitely kind of looked back and appreciated that I've been taking it so long. And I do feel like it's been helpful to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, keep me looking a little bit more youthful. <laughs> and those are the ingredients that do really well in this category when MSM is also good for joint support and also good for other things. So when it's a multi-prong approach and it really affects a lot of systems, those are the ingredients that usually do better. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I've gone off of it before and I felt it in my joints because I run and, you know, I got right back on it. So I've stuck to it since, you know, like I said, I was in my 20s and I don't see myself ever going off of it, to be honest. <laughs> well, it, let us know what you're, what you're taking. We want to try it ourselves. <laughs> it is interesting. You, you look at a lot of products in this industry, and typically, when you look at something like a multivitamin, you know, you, you take it. Do you feel better on it? Most people can't say whether they feel better on it, you know, but they can say they don't feel as well when they're off of it. And that's mm-hmm. sometimes that's a very hard way to drive sales and drive business, which is, mm-hmm. hey, if you don't take this, you're going to feel terrible. So, yes, I would say a lot of these ingredients in the beauty from within category, when you take it, you start to look and feel a lot better. And when you stop taking them, you can also see a difference. Yeah, I feel terrible when I go off my probiotics. So I can also relate on that front as well. Um, looking ahead, 2024, what are some trends that we should be on the lookout for? I feel like we say this every year here, I guess because we're we've been in this industry for a long time, but it is actually a very exciting time to be in the industry with social media. It's playing such a big part in, you know, the dissemination of information and consumers really are more savvy and brands have the ability to reach people across a variety of platforms. One thing that we're seeing that's really big is foundational nutrition just nutrition that caters to a routine and a healthy lifestyle and just waking up and making a, you know, a good decision. And, you know, we're thinking greens and we're thinking chews and things that have an experience or a sensorial benefit. And these are the types of supplements that people are starting their mornings with. They're enriching their days with, even when they have, you know, the three o'clock slump, as we call it here, things that really just provide that sort of benefit. And interestingly, you know, just talking to some of our in-house flavor scientists, we're seeing a large demand for certified organic flavors, again, appealing to that sensory experience, tropical flavors that, you know, can make you feel like it's summer, all year round, passion fruit, hibiscus, lychee flavors. And it's also worth adding that while people are seeking longevity and a better quality of life for themselves, they also want their pets to reap the same benefit. So they're saying, you know, if I'm going to have this healthy lifestyle, I want my dog to be along with me. And we've also seen trends and expect for 2024 for there to be trends in pet nutrition as well as they age along with us. And then, you know, with Gen Z leading the charge towards a healthier lifestyle, we're seeing, you know, trends around powders and things that can be even mixed into mocktails for those that want a tasty and enjoyable alcohol-free experience. So it's really a focus on 
health and wellness and feeling better on a daily basis and less, you know, getting into the weeds of how it all works. I agree with Lauren. Things that are very upwards in trends are products that have a plethora of benefits and that fit into your active lifestyle and also taste great. It's probably why powders have done so well. And while on-the-go convenience is is a good benefit to have, it's more important that daily habits that are cultivated at home will drive a lot of sales and to the consumer because they want to have it in part of their daily lifestyle. Look, you know, trends are in a way kind of like picking stocks. Everyone thinks they're an expert. Very few get it right. And uh, one of the things I've always seen is when an ingredient gains a lot of press and we start to see it everywhere, especially when you go to a trade show and you walk the show floor and you come back and you're like, oh, my God, mushrooms and probiotics are everywhere. And they have been and they are trending upwards. But because of their versatility, every manufacturer on the show floor could take a shot of their version. You could see it in tablets and powders and drinks and gummies. So sometimes you walk away and the industry gets excited about something that, while it may be trending upward, it may not be that rocket ship that you think it is. So I do think a lot of it is um, surprising as you as you move forward. And there's a lot of fad products that can come and go. I think you need to recognize those. I tell clients all the time, when the hype is insane, And if you're going to honestly answer the question of what that product does, and if the answer is, well, you take two tablets with a glass of water and it pays your mortgage, it's probably not the best product to get into. (laughs) You mentioned fads, so I have to ask, what are your thoughts on berberine? Is it it going to stick? Get out your crystal ball. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We had a long talk about that, a berberine Mm in-house. And look, berberine has gotten extremely popular due to a whole class of products on the pharma side. The thing about berberine is it's definitely trending. We're definitely seeing it. We have a, a big demand here. There is some clinical data to support it. I would love to see more of that. And it's also very hard to manufacture and very hard to work with. So I think the trends are going to be on seeing different forms of it, maybe forms of it that are just easy to manufacture, easy to work with, easier to flavor. And those are things that we actually are working on. So we're very excited about it. It's important to note berberine's popularity has gotten extremely popular because people look at it as a natural equivalent to some of the pharmaceutical products that have been out in the press. And at the end of the day, it's very important to evaluate how effective berberine is and to make sure that you're clearly distinguishing the fact that it might be supportive in the industry for a whole host of benefits, but it simply cannot be a natural equivalent to a pharmaceutical drug. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to my next question, but maybe you kind of already answered it. What is next for you guys? So as a company, we've been really focusing on probiotics as well. And I know we touched on it earlier. So I think that in, that what's next for us is just continuing to work with probiotic strains that really target microbiota at various stages of life from childhood to adulthood. And the key is to formulate in a way that allows your product to meet label claim through shipping and shelf life or, you know, expiration. Um, The consumer knows they can get probiotics from food, but in a supplement, you have more consistent dosing of strains and the strains are stabilized. You have, you know, your finished product in a bottle or a jar, and they represent over over 50% of gut health products that are being purchased are probiotics. So our focus is really on that in the new year. And then postbiotics on the horizon. You know, we're starting to see that that the bacteria and yeast 
may be beneficial dead or alive along with their metabolites. So we're really excited to see the clinical data coming from there and you know how we can use in different forms in in capsules and tablets and chews and you know in stick packs and just making it more accessible for the consumer and you know pushing pushing the education around that as well. One of the things that's always been important and one of the things I think is coming next is looking at the average consumer and figuring out how much real-time benefits we can present in the different product categories. So when a consumer takes something, they can sense or feel a difference. And even if the difference is something that just reminds them to continue their healthy lifestyle and it's part of their daily habits because of the long-term benefits, that's great. And we're always looking for products that are going to fit into the daily lifestyle and daily routine of the average consumer. And at the same time, anything that we can provide to a consumer that's going to see an impact on basically their their daily lives, something that's they can feel when they go to sleep, something they can feel when they wake up, something they can feel when they go to the gym, something they could feel when they're trying to be more alert. So there's a whole host of ingredients and product categories that we continue to hammer at every day here to make sure that we're getting the best products out into the market. Lots of innovation to be excited about and trends to be on the lookout for here in 2024. Lauren Samet and John Weiscale, thank you both so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thanks, Danielle. Appreciate it. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.